Welcome to Cemetery Tales Podcast. Today we're going to talk about double deep graves, orbs, and ghosts just in general. Um, today, we're digging double deep graves. You know, I've been in the cemetery industry for maybe 11 years now, and it's amazing to think that you know, a lot of people haven't really seen what it's like um, being inside a grave or digging a grave or even digging someone up to move them to another location or just to move them over in a grave that they're already in to make room for their relative. It's a very different situation, a very delicate situation. Um, when you dig these graves, you know, majority of them you're going about anywhere between 10 to 12 feet deep. Um, you don't particularly worry about making sure that it's 100% um, level. And the only reason I say that is, you know, you're digging so deep, it's kind of hard to to do, make it flat, you know, make it flat with a backhoe, so, um, the first goal, you know, you dig the grave, and you make sure that you, um, dig it normal, dig it normal, but as you digging and going deeper, you make sure that you gotta start shoring the sides, and you gonna have to start scraping the side of the graves, so ensuring the sides, that's just to make sure that when you're inside the hole, it doesn't collapse. Um, you scrape the side just because as you keep digging deeper, the hole shrinks. You probably wouldn't think so, but it's less power um, for your bucket. Majority of backhoe buckets when digging graves, 36 inches, 3 feet. So you dig the grave. Um, once, once you reach the point, and we have equipment that tell us, once you reach the point of 11, about 11 feet, um, and, and you make sure that the sides are sure. Um, you will probably climb in the grave. Make sure that the corners are down. That's why I say you wouldn't actually use the backhoe to make sure the bottom is level. You actually use a shovel from rake. And while you're in the hole, it's dark, it's cold. Um, you know, the air, you, you can smell all the air, everything is totally different being in the hole. And, you know, sometimes being that deep, you just got to be careful when you're walking at the bottom of that hole. Just because if it's a pocket, I mean, you never know how deep that pocket is or if you can fall into that, that pocket. I mean, me personally, uh, I never had a situation like that happen to me. Um, but one of my coworkers, I have seen that happen before where they, um, they took a step in a hole that was 11, 12 feet, and I actually um, got caught in a, a pocket to where their foot went down maybe three feet into the into the earth. So that's kind of a different experience. And we had to hurry up and uh, get the guy out. You know, we use a ladder, um, but we also have, we also take small confinement space training just in case in these situations. 
because you just never know what happened. Even though the size are short, I mean, anything can happen. You just never know. So we always make sure that we do the best to be safe for um, our guys and and everything. Just a just a crucial situation when you have to dig those. Actually, nowadays you hardly ever hear about double deep graves um, putting a ball on top of a ball and everything. It's a little different. So, well, um, after everything is level, you would just shovel, you know, your rake, and you climb out with a ladder. Then you're in the process of placing that first ball. So, you use your straps, and you lift up the vault as a whole. Now, depending on the type of vault it is, depends on what you can do and can't do. Now, if it's, let's say it's a regular concrete box. Now, if it's a top seal, then you probably wouldn't do this. So you probably take that top, the lid off. When I say the top, you take the lid off, you move it over, and then you place the chains inside of the vault. Hook it to the hooks that's inside of the vault, lower it into the ground. And um, it's a slow process. I mean, because, you know, you got to listen 100% to your ground, man, because you can't see anything at all once you go past six feet, you know. So it's all at the discretion of the ground man on, you know, um, moving it up, down, left, or right. So once it's down, then you have to have the guy um, climbing the hole, unhook it so he can get out. Now, I had guys that I worked with with some talented to where they use the chains and um and just come on out with the chain now, i wouldn't advise everyone to do that because you know safety's first um but you know experienced guys i mean you're doing been doing this job now 20 20 years for some guys just really talented with with doing the burial profession so once we have that together now that's if we're burying the first one other double D, that's how we would do it. And then we would set up like we normally would. Um, we wouldn't set up exactly over the hole just because of how deep. So what we would do is we would put um, a cemetery lowering device, the casket lowering device off to the side. And we would hook our harness up to the casket and lower the casket into the grave, into the concrete box that's you know 11 12 feet deep and then again we have to go back into the hole um and this time you know you probably get lowered by the bucket to get in and um everything is good from that point so um once he's there he has to take the straps off the casket and then everything would be smooth from that point and then the next step is to put the lid on so we go down and make sure that we have a, a longer chain than normal so that we can swing the lid over the hole and then we can lower it down. And then the guy has to, again, climb into the hole. At this point, we can use the ladder now. Climb back into the grave, unhook the chains, and take that lid off. And then we go from that point. Um, the guy climb out. You know, we'll cover the hole. We'll make a notation on the on the lock card that we did bury this so many feet deep so that when it comes to digging 
the next one that be on top, we'll make sure that we don't, you know, destroy the lid. Now, the whole process of digging the graves that's double deep is a whole different process. Now, when you dig those type of graves, you want to go down um, until you almost feel like you're scraping the vault. And, that's, and from that point, everything's done with shovels. You know, so you, you're digging everything, putting it into the bucket. The bucket dump everything into the back of a dump truck. That dump truck go dump once it's full. Um, we usually use like a half ton dump truck and we, we go from there. So uh, it's a process, it's a heck of a process. You know, that's just for the double deep and after you have one in the ground. So um, once you clear that off, then you can place the other vault on top of that one to make sure that it's level. That's, it can be tricky because sometimes the vault that's in the ground has like hooks that that stick up which will make it kind of uneven you gotta be kind of careful when you place it you gotta be real gentle because you just never know with that additional pressure now we always did at the cemetery that i work we always put like a, a a foot of dirt in between to make sure it was level before we replace it just just to, you know that extra cushion that safety and once we go through the process, we lower the, the new vault on top of the last vault. We place the casket, place the lid, and when we backfill the grave, we actually tap the sides to make sure that everything is compact and nice and nice and tight before we actually put topsoil inside. It, it looks for a, a real clean grave. I feel like that's always the best way and then any flowers or sprays or anything, you just lay those across the grave and make sure that the grave number is present. Um, that's the process of double deep graves. And from that point, hey, we take a break. to our next segment cemetery tales podcast we're gonna talk about orbs and ghosts now i know everybody has a different feeling when it comes to orbs you know sometimes you take a picture and be like oh it's an orb following somebody or anything like that but could it really just be dust particles when you're taking videos and you see the orb following a person you know could it really be just the angle of the video you know it depends on how you look at it so if you believe in orbs you believe in ghosts um, I would love for you to chime in and message me here at Cemetery Tales Podcast on either uh, Anchor or uh, iTunes so we can continue the conversation Um, I always feel like ghosts are real and the only reason I say this, we're working in the cemetery. I'll give you a great example. I was working in a section one time, and I had just finished burying someone. And right next to me, I couldn't see it, but everybody else could. It looked like a, a figure of dust, but it was like a little boy. So everybody said that the little boy was next to me. Now, we buried maybe a week before that. 
um, uh, uh, like a teenager when we buried him. But they said that it was a little boy next to me. And like I said, I couldn't see it, but they said it was it was all around. Um, now, there was a, a bright light, but it was the, the sun, you know, the rays were coming from behind me. Um, but I always believe in ghosts. You know, it's just an example of people, of what they saw around me. But personally, um, my grandfather passed away in 2001. And he passed away at, at the hospital. And on the ride home, <clears throat> I kept thinking, like, man, he can't really be gone. So I get back to the house and, you know, the microwave come on by itself. And we all looking. When I say we all, my mom, my brother, my grandma, we all looking. So unplug the microwave, the computer come on after that. So we unplug the computer. We're like, man, what is going on? So I had a cup, a cup of ice and some water. I drank the water and I put the cup down and the cup spin. I was like, why is it spinning? You know, this was to me the first encounter I had that I felt was a, a ghost or anything of that nature. So I would love to hear your stories on what you guys have been through or experienced um, with orbs and ghosts. I actually used to ghost hunt. Now, there's this place in Toledo, Ohio, called the Collingwood Art Center. Now, I visited this place because I wanted to see if it was if it was real or not. You know, like, would I really be able to to see or feel or anything with a ghost or any type of entities um, or energies or anything. So I was like, well, hey, let's go check it out. So before I even went in there, you know, I had my little uh, ghost hunting equipment. You know, I had like a uh, EMF detector. And if you don't know what it is, it's, um, it measures electromagnetic fields. Um, I had like a little thermal imaging camera. Um, again, if you don't know what that is, it just displays the images in terms of like heat signatures. You know, I also had, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, record, obviously a recorder to record any sounds, anything of that nature. You know, I make you wanna ask questions to, to any spirit or entity that you may run into and see if you can get some kind of recording um, on your audio or recorder. So I went in there once, uh, Art Center, and I couldn't make it to the auditorium. I always heard it was haunted in the auditorium, and there was some, you know, a lady or a nurse or, or a nun or something, you know, but I never made it there. So I did make it to the basement, and there's this door. When you, soon you go down the steps, immediately to your left, it's this door, and it's locked. And I wanted to go in the door, but I couldn't open it. And I had read that I guess it's supposed to be like a nun that passed away or a nurse that passed away um, in this room. I just couldn't get in there. So um, from that point, I made a right. I kept walking down, and there's this space under the steps. It's brick, all concrete, you know, dark room, nothing in there. So I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to go ahead and set up. I'm going to go in here. And uh, it was nothing. It was nothing. You know, it was really cold. So, like, some of the, some of the equipment I had with me, let me know um, I had a thermal scanner and it let me know that hey, it was freezing like in one spot like a legit cold spot all through there so at the most I feel like maybe it was something trying to manifest 
um, in this room. So I end up, I didn't have like a, a light at the time because of, for some odd reason my light didn't work on my phone. But I ended up finding the light switch and actually pulled it and it said like Satan lives here on the wall in red. Now mind you, this is when you go in the Collinwood Art Center, go down the steps, you make a right and it's immediately to your right. It's like a little corridor and you go in there. <clears throat> so uh, when they had shut the light off, you know, uh, politely walked out of that room <laughs> and kept on going. So in the process, I had a couple different um, orbs follow me in my uh, progression of walking up the steps. So I walk up the steps and then I end up seeing saw like a a torture chair a chair that kind of remind me of the saw movie when jigsaw had uh what's the girl name amanda when she had a, when he had amanda in the bear trap the reverse bear trap on her on her head it kind of looked like that in the room um yeah it also reminded me of pulp fiction like the gimp it had like the the ball gag was up there so I took a couple pictures in the room I didn't really get any readings or anything and I continued to keep going up the steps um, I didn't find anything else because all of the doors was locked so I just walked back um, past that room and going back down the steps I walked past that corridor where I had had my reader in to get that cold spot reading and surprisingly, the door that I couldn't get in before, it was open. So I'm looking around, I'm like, hey, uh, maybe maybe I don't wanna really go in here and see what's really going on. But believe it or not, I, I walked in there and uh, very cold, like extremely, extremely cold. I walked in there and it was actually like a lunch like a lunch area, and a microwave was on, but no one was there. Um, like I said, it was very cold, and this is a warm summer day. This wasn't no air conditioner or anything, or, or central air or anything in this building, so uh, I thought that was weird. So I didn't actually stay, because I felt like I couldn't get into this door before, and it was locked, and I walk in, and there's a microwave on, and it's freezing cold. Uh, by another door that I was there, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. Um, I feel like it was best for business. So those are um, a couple of my my experiences checking out that Collinwood Art Center in, in Toledo, Ohio. Um, I think that concludes my episode for today. So in summary, you know, we talked about Double Deep Graves, um, we talk about ghosts and orbs, and I love to hear feedback from you guys, the listeners. Um, we're gonna try to do, a, you know, keep with different formats, trying to find one that really works for the show to get it off the ground the way we wanted to get it off the ground. So we're gonna keep on going until we can get it.
up. Thank you, and welcome back to Cemetery Tales Podcast. Um, thank you for visiting Cemetery Tales Podcast. I uh, appreciate you listening today. Um, everybody, you can follow us on Facebook. Um, listen to us on iTunes, Anchor, and Spotify. And then you can also message us at cemeterytalespodcast at gmail.com. Um, on our next episode, we're going to talk about baby and child burial services. Um, the grave depths and any other things surrounding that topic. Um, we're also going to talk about Vincent Price and Alfred Hitchcock, and we're going to talk about Freemasonry and how it relates to the cemetery and everything. So if you guys have any questions, um, feel free to message us at um, our email at cemeterytalespodcast at gmail.com. And again, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.